Welcome to Radio Perris, a podcast for bad bitches who love reggaeton. I'm Karenoid. And I'm Jennifer Fopez. Another day, another week. Yes, another week. Another, another podcast. Day, another day, another sleigh. That's true. I was just thinking about when um, Katya and Trixie on uh-huh. uh, they yeah. always say, and I'm oh, the yeah. basted turkey from Thanksgiving. Katya, yeah. <laughs> or like something dumb. What would be yours today? Um, I've I've actually always thought about what my um, little about me thing would be if I was like one of the real housewives of Chicago. Mm. I think it would be... Um, the sun never sets on a badass bitch. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer <laughs> Mine would be and an extra shot of espresso, please. Paranoid. Because <laughs> it's our show. And not yours. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Tell me about your weekend. How would I, I mean, I was there, but I, I want to know from your perspective. Well, my week was a little rough. I was feeling a little depre. But... Let's see. I had Club Crush at Smart Bar on Thursday. You were there. Thank you for giving me a ride home. I forgot that we were at Club Crush. That was yeah, like, that's same week. Two sleighs in a week. Two sleighs in a week. And yeah, that was a great night. I loved Nix's lighting. There was cute stars, butterflies, hearts. And he said that I inspired the I graphics. So I was like, that's really cute. And I really loved my set that day. And then I was feeling a little bit better after having deposited that check. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, Saturday came and we had our show at Podlache. Um, it was insane. Like, it was a big bash. It felt like a big party. You never really know how many people are going to show up, but everyone was there. Like you were saying, all the girlies came out. And they were dressed to the nines. I'm talking about... All the alt, tens across the board. All the alt girlies came in their best fits. You would have thought Arca was going to be there. Yeah, with all their besties. I thought that was really fun. And everyone slayed. Um, Safety Trance was really nice. And he killed his set. Gabby killed her set. Julio had a great set. I had a good set. Everything was... And then I like stopped drinking at one point too. Like I had like three drinks and then I was like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. It was great vibes. And then we went home and we had like pesto pasta. Wait, really? Gabby made like she's like, I have a bunch of fresh basil in my in my garden. I can make us like a pesto. I'm like, yeah, and then I'll make pasta. It was really fucking good. So it was a good night. I felt very berries. With my outfit that day. Yeah. Chacalona. I had muy chacalona. I felt... <clears throat> I was just serving color. I yeah. was giving you like yellow, aqua, blue, red, pink. It was giving like a lot of like street style. Yeah. I was Very serving street like street style. style and lots of bling. I was trying to go for like a 90s mm-hmm. like supermodel vibe. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, if you have ever seen me in public, you know that my hair is very, very curly and there are times where I try to blow dry it out and I really never learned my lesson. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Jayla at the club and she's like, 
when will you learn your lesson? And it's very true. I every single time I I sweat I sweat my wig out every yeah. time. <clears throat> and the curls come forward. I I come to the They're to tired the, of being silenced. I come to the gig blow dried out. Yeah. Hair slewed back, you know, looking very cute and bouncy and gorgeous. And then I leave with a fro. Like so I went from looking very <laughs> I went from looking very like 90s to looking very 80s I felt. Because I have like the oh yeah the tea and then like kind of like the bushy You're like hair. I look eighties now. You're an eighties yeah. supermodel. Okay. You were serving two eras. <laughs> yeah, it's like what, what will she do next? She's just, wow, she's coming to the club. Uh, what is it? Um, a reveal. Pulling two looks in one yeah, night. Wow. She, in one night. She took her wig off. Yeah. And here comes the real yeah reveal. the wig reveal. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. You you mentioned you were playing at Smart Bar. And I was there, and yeah, your set was truly amazing. Thank I, you. I'm not even close to trying to blow your head up when I say that that was one of the best sets I think I've Thank ever you. heard you play. It felt super expansive, mm-hmm. and it was it, it really played to, to a lot of my personal taste because, like I said, I love trance music. Yeah, one of my personal, <clears throat> one of my really really big. Uh, musical genres other than reggaeton i love edm mm-hmm. and specifically trance um like some side trance stuff and um you played a lot of that stuff and it was really really nice to hear and it made me laugh too because i was just thinking i think i was just like sitting in smart bar right behind you in, yeah. in the booth like on my phone at one point i was just chilling and i was just thinking how funny it is to have come so far from being someone that regularly went to Smart Bar a lot as a patron, mm-hmm. paid full price to get in, you know, and <clears throat> was, you know, oh my God, going to Queen. And mm-hmm. you know, now it's just like, oh, we're we, there. Yeah, we're there. We're clocked in. Yeah. Or we're hanging out in the booth. You know, it's like we're in the office, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I love that feeling. It was, it was, it's, it's very, very different. And I um, makes me feel very thankful for a lot of the people that I've met along the way. Um, so that was a very, very cool uh, observation. Moment. Yeah, while I was sitting there. Thank you. Yeah, I really liked that set. I was clocked in, like, I was feeling very emotional. And mm-hmm. I felt very centered. I feel like a lot of times when I DJ, maybe I am not as centered. But it was just like, now I'm going to play this. Now I'm playing that. This sounds great together. I think what I'm most proud of are were my, not so, well, my transitions were good, but it was my blends. Yeah. I think my blends were really the star of the show. It was very twinkly. There's a lot of like twinkly moments. There's something to be said ethereal moments. about a really nice, like slow blend, I feel like. Yeah. One thing I really like about trance and, and playing some techno and just electronic music in general is that there's a lot of focus on the long blend mm-hmm. like letting letting the highs come in like trickle them in and then you bring in the lows but not but not too much not you know, too you gotta, much then you cut it abruptly yeah. and then you bring it back mm-hmm. or uh, i really had fun with um looping the instrumental highs mm-hmm. and keeping them throughout like the first quarter of the following song like i had a lot of fun playing with that and i'm excited they were recording it so i'm really excited to hear it i've actually been listening to that crate a lot because i just really love all the songs one thing that i feel like really upped my dj game was when i became more confident in auto looping 
Mm-hmm. Um, because then I wasn't so afraid. It made me more confident in not only song choice, but also like taking myself on a journey where I was like, oh, I don't have to immediately think of a song right now. Like I can play this out for a second. Mm-hmm. Let it, let it, let it like play with the new song. Think about what I'm going to do next. It made me more confident. Um, you know, obviously I'm always still learning. We're always still learning. But one thing that I think really changed it was was becoming more confident in auto looping and that and that you take yourself on that journey too because you surprise yourself like oh i wonder what it would sound like if i just loop this part Mm -hmm. and i think that's the advantage too when you're djing those genres because those songs are significantly longer than reggaeton you're looking at like a six minute song five to six minutes versus like a two and a half minute song where you really have to immediately transition during like a chorus or something and the and sometimes the vocals if there are any vocals won't come in until yeah. maybe like two minutes into the song i just love <clears> that <throat> dichotomy of i just love an acapella reggaeton vocal over something completely like left field like the woast edit that i played un par de piki with um young miko and jolly randy and I ended up looping the a refrain into the next one i just like kept it i love that Mm -hmm. it just adds more dimension i think and like we were talking about how we wanted to take our audiences on journeys right where they don't you said you like you want to be able to have that element of surprise where you don't they don't know where you're going next Mm -hmm. and i felt that i did that well that night because i had a lot of nostalgia in my set, like when I did the Crush, Crush, Crush by Paramore, I really did feel people like were like, holy shit. And it was like a te- over like a techno, really hard techno beat. Or like I had played the Juan Gabriel edit too, which was like more house. Oh, my God. That that song, I remember hearing it again um, uh-huh, on pod, Saturday. Uh-huh, pod. I don't know who I turned to, but someone was like, I think I'm going to cry. Oh, I forgot who it was. It's such a beautiful song. I remember listening to, well, I grew up with Juan Gabriel, right? I'm sure you have memories listening to him, but um, that song is crazy because if you put it in a real world perspective, like we're talking about Así Fue, um, that's crazy to tell someone, like, I'm sorry if I made you cry. I'm sorry if I made you suffer. It's not in my hands anymore. Like, I fell in love with someone else and I'm so sorry and just don't no te aferres like aferrar is such a crazy word because it's like you're clinging it's like you're so you're clinging on to this and he's like don't don't do that if you want we can be friends and i can help you forget the past can you imagine telling someone that like if you want i can help you forget it's like bitch how are you gonna help me forget i don't think that concept even exists in in like modern dating i remember one time watching this um um netflix special this was like years ago and it was actually unrelated it was a cooking it was was like highlighting chefs from around Mm -hmm. the world it was called oh chef's table on netflix Mm. it's like the first season and they're highlighting this chilean chef who lives in the uh, mountains all the way down there i forget what they're called um not the andes because that's in peru but Oh, I like the Patagonian era. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Not era. <laughs> area. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like <laughs> so dumb. Anyway, um, 
And he had this, he, he's a total loner. He lives alone, very isolated in what looked, from what I remember was like almost a cottage. And he used to cook for himself and he, you know, and he had this big like point where he was talking about relationships and how he ends all of his relationships when they're at their highest point. Wow. He's like, I've had, I've had extremely successful chef positions that I, that I quit when I'm at my highest. I don't have a relationship with my ex-wife or my baby mama or something like that, whatever, something romantic relationship Mm -hmm. because we did, we, we were having a great time and I ended it because why would we, why would we torture ourselves with what comes after that? That's an interesting take. I want to leave with all of the best memories and then we end it there. Like, it, and I was like, but you never know what's going to happen. What if the happiness continues? But I could also see it because it's like the same thing about, you know, getting old. It's like people don't want to see themselves get too old where they can't take care of themselves. I feel like that introduces a really dangerous sense of longing. Yeah. Because when you cut something off, at, it's like and bringing it back to DJing. It's like when all of a sudden you accidentally push like pause at the highest moment of a song and literally the entire audience is like, like boo, <gasps> like, ah, yeah. boo. It introduces that sense of like what's going on here, confusion. As a woman, I feel like I couldn't handle that because it's like we were in our best moment. Like, why are we ending it here? Men really, well, some men, or at least that That's man. really savage. Really do see it. It's like they have a completely different perspective. They really do see that as they're doing, they're doing us, if, if, if that was my man, he'd be like, well, I'm doing us both a favor. I'm letting you live and myself live with all the best memories. And we never had to experience any downfall from there. But then that's also not letting us experience growth, experience problem solving, experience what a real relationship is. Sounds like you have a, like, sounds like he has a lot of fear. Sounds like you have a lot of fear and sounds like maybe commitment issues. Yeah. Wow. Um, but nostalgia is great. I'll, <clears throat> I'll always bring people back to a point that they, that they forgot about. I do, and that's one reason why I think old school reggaeton is just so, it will never mm-hmm. go away. And it, well, people will always enjoy those songs, no matter what party you go to. And people can say what they want, but it's like, people really do love old school reggaeton. Um, and I've been seeing a lot of TikToks recently that I actually comment on a lot, where they'll be like, oh, you like new school reggaeton? Well, I'm into the old school stuff. And like, basically like pitting new school and old school together. And I'm like, a true reggaetonera has, knows that both are valid and appreciates yeah. it. And what I say is they appreciate the evolution of the genre. I think it it I, it I reminds me of people who are crazy old hip-hop heads who are like, oh, this new hip-hop, this new rap is not, it's just not giving. It's not as good. And it's yeah. like, well, you really weren't along for the ride if you can't appreciate like something new yeah. or like a new generation. And for you to expect that it will have always stayed the same as what as what you once knew it, do you not understand the concept of time? <laughs> like, and and influence, yeah, because people are going to be influenced by that generation, create something new. Like when we were talking about how there's this Colombian, there was this Colombian um, 
rise or this Colombian boom in reggaeton or just in Latin club music. And now we're seeing a rise in like Venezuelan club music. And we were just talking about it earlier, how it's so tacky to us, how you can be so judgmental or like gatekeep like other people who are making cool music around you. But you have to remember, they're probably like heavily influenced by you. I think of Puti Vuelta and Ubu Guaracha. <coughs> how they were probably influenced by what Puti Vuelta was doing. And now they created their own their own thing. And people are like at arms about it, up yeah. at arms about it. And it's like, just enjoy the music. Yeah. It's, um, I've never understood gatekeeping. I always thought it was like, what is the point? Now, it's been a few episodes, probably last season, where we were talking about how you feel when someone comes up to you and wants the songs on the decks. Now I, I feel like I've, uh, I'm at a different position where I think of it more as a compliment now. Yeah. I, I'm someone who finds a lot of music through listening to people's mixes, and then when they post this track list on SoundCloud... I like listen to the mix and I'll see which songs I like and I'm like, oh, I like those songs and I take them. So I'm thankful for the people who do share track lists and don't like gatekeep that. And so in that sense, I can't, I don't like gatekeeping because I also have been in situations where people have been like, well, where'd you find that song? And I would feel like total shit if I was like, oh, somewhere or band camp. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It doesn't, it, it, the whole part, I feel the whole part of one huge part of DJing is like the fun of sharing sharing music, music with other people. And, you know, you have your own style. You play it the way you want to play it. I've never understood that. Now, it does become a little annoying sometimes where like if you're somewhere and people are constantly like or someone's like taking a lot of like photos of your tr- of your tracks. Um, but even then, I feel like that doesn't happen very often. Um and especially in Chicago, too, I find that there is a huge camaraderie um, with like, I made this song, play my song, or here's yeah. the song that I really like, play this song, or um, at least in Chicago. I don't know what it's like in other cities. I have, I have observed that there's this attitude sometimes of, oh, you're asking me for my music, but you're not giving me something in return. What happened to just being gracious or generous sharing music like one of the best feelings is when a producer that maybe you've been following for a long time they send you a band camp code or they send you some unreleased tracks for you to play i think they're thinking of it differently they're they're being generous and they're they're extending the scope of where their music is going to land like Mm -hmm. what rooms their music is going to be played in and that's why i get so annoyed when i see tweets and things about artists expecting bookings for equipment rental for fucking dj bookings yeah and i was thinking about that specific tweet because it's like someone who it's coming from someone who maybe is being too uh what's the word where they're being too humble or like fake humble people Mm -hmm. who are fake humble like oh i don't really even dj like that like, I'm not even really a DJ. Yeah. And then they come and they slay. And then it's like, oh, well, now you want me to, like, book you in return for your tracks? It's fine. I'll just wait until you decide to release them. And I'll buy them. Like, it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I would like more generosity. I, de- I definitely feel that. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, 
there are definitely a lot of I think I think sometimes I have found that there are a number of DJs no one in particular that I'm thinking about but I definitely have observed a, a very many that have this huge head on them and it's like what do you do like do you think because <laughs> you put out a few like edits on Bandcamp or on SoundCloud that you're gonna talk all this shit online and shit on other people's careers and judge them what do you do what do you do like because you know how to use ableton or or garage band that you're gonna sit there and like be a keyboard warrior warrior over yeah shut up like (laughs) there is a i obviously you and i take our positions as djs very seriously Mm -hmm. and i very much appreciate producers like you mentioned who will share codes or share unreleased stuff not only like you said to um, extend the scope of where their music will hit but also they know their outlets and they know what djs can do with their music which djs can do what with their music and that's why they share where the music will shine and i really appreciate that not someone who you know i really like those kind of producers but then there are some who it's like, what do you do? You're just sitting here talking a whole lot of shit. You don't really care about any other DJ other than yourself. And the whole point of DJing is to enjoy it and enjoy it with other people. And, you know. Similarly, I yeah, I agree. Similarly, I, I think when people say, oh, they're not taking this genre seriously. Like, are you listening to yourself? Like, Gabby said the other day, she's like, you think that someone's just sitting in front of their computer like, oh, let me just fuck around and make this edit. Let me make this song just for shits and giggles. Like they're actually taking that craft seriously. And you might be judging it as like, oh, it's just sped up. Like it's it's just what I just sped up. It's like, no, like there is there's thought that goes into this, like yeah. hours in front of your computer making something new. So. I just think it's weird when people say that you're not taking the genre seriously. Like if someone said, you're not taking reggaeton seriously, I feel like I would throw hands because that's insane. Yeah. I also feel like even as someone who doesn't know how to use a lot of music production software, people who are using music production software, we don't know where they're coming from. They could have been self-taught and for them to put themselves out there with what little takes knowledge they have. Takes a lot of courage. Have, takes a lot of courage. And we think that it's as simple as putting over an, an acapella over a beat. It's hardly ever that simple. No. And, um, you know, I'm just, I, I, I'm kind of coming to a point or I've come to a point now where, I don't know, the the judging is, is over. <laughs> it's tired. It's tacky. It's tired and tacky. Yeah. Um, but since we're talking about this, what are some artists that you've been DJing, putting in your sets, who are you really obsessed with right now? Um, when I was booked for a Planet Pleasure. Oh, yeah. I never even... We, we tried. Yeah. That we, was, we, did, we, had, we did our best effort to make it yeah, through we, the night. We really tried, but it got too way too late, and I felt ended up, you know, we didn't fe- ended up feeling good. We bowed out. Anyway, the point is, is that in my... Um, moment for that Flora Snagaras asked me she goes do you know how to play techno and do you play techno yeah and I very you know honestly answered yes but I mostly play trance Um, and I can play some side trance for you or maybe like some acid trance she goes yeah that's fine 
she goes, I'm down. She's like, sometimes I play that a lot in, in my sets too. I go, cool, then I'm down. So then in that sense, I was able to go back to a lot of the stuff that I played at Smart Bar. Mm. And I found some more stuff. One of my favorite artists um, right now is Narcisse, um, who I'll I'll tag when we when we put this uh, this um episode out. I don't know where they're located. I think they're in Germany. Um, and he or they, I don't know their pronouns, actually. They make this music that I just love it so much. It's so... It's so feel good. It's so trancy and fun and and like girly. It's some it's like you can tell that he makes music for people who want to like feel joy mm. on the dance floor and want to feel that kind of like uplifting feeling of like, "Ah, I'm here and I'm dancing with my mm-hmm. friends." And I love that essence of EDM. <clears throat> It's one of my favorite reasons why I've always loved EDM when I, you know, used to listen to a lot of like Dead Mouse and Cascade. It's Cascade that same, has euphoria. euphoria it's that same in euphoria it. that I really, really love. Um, that twinkle that I yeah. feel when I listen to trance. Glitter. And so one of my current obsessions is um, uh, Narcisse, along with Maluji, who I'm listening to a lot right now. There's um, a really great collective on Bandcamp that I love called. Uh, audio bambino and they always every single release mm-hmm. that they have just hits so hard they have this great series called mystery box i think they have about eight or nine um and it's like they always say in the little caption like the mystery box is is like arrived who knows what one might mm, find in the mystery box. i love that and it's always some great producer who um puts together just tracks and they're they're all so different i just love that um and they really have a great ear for this like specific techno that does feel feel very euphoric instead of dark i like all types of techno i'm not the biggest proponent of like darker techno and i've Mm -hmm. never really played it but i do like euphoric techno and that one collective there they have an ear for it that i just really love so i went listen to a lot of that um but yeah do you remember those little boxes of chocolate that had a question mark on them and it was like a mystery chocolate and it had it was a cube you know what I'm talking so. about and so. then you would break the chocolate and it would have things in it oh like a kinder egg yeah but it wasn't kinder it was like a mystery mm. mystery prize okay that's what mystery box reminds me of oh. I, I also love that copywriting element of, of it, like, like adding excitement to to a release. Open the mystery to box to find out what's inside. What did I write? Um, one time I wrote like, "Enter our perreo p- playground." Yeah. Or for Tomasa. For Tomasa, and then um, there was this other one for our uh, Muche. The Muche one is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. I've descend something like descend with us or. There was no. You said <clears throat> it was like drink the elixir oh yeah 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 it was a descend and like have some of this elixir drink some of this elixir i love that um when i'm on Bandcamp, i sometimes i do read the paragraphs that you write that they write to describe the compilation or the release and i'm always so amazed at how eloquently they write about their process and what goes into the the sonic elements and the structure of it i think i love that i just like love reading like technical music descriptions Mm -hmm. i think that's really cool 
the other day to um to round out what I've been listening to lately it's a twofold so there's that and then I also have listened to a lot of bad sister lately you bad did sister. go through a bad sister phase with the her recent release was really good oh my god I literally could not stop listening to ghetto club when she released it and I downloaded so much of her music I think she's genius like yeah. I think her when you watch <clears throat> she has two boiler rooms one is hard dance and then one is at um primavera oh her primavera set that what to me was like storytelling mm. it starts off slow and then by the middle of the song you don't need by the middle of the set it's almost like how did we get here this yeah. is amazing you're now i'm jumping up and down i love the effect that you can see it has on the crowd she she is so great she blends like really like deep fried hot brazilian ballet funk with um so much electronic like american electronic german electronic whatever the case may be and she does it so effortlessly she's just i want to be her when i grow up she's yeah so cool. she's she's a, definitely an inspiration i remember when i was first starting to dj and um my ex sent me like a compilation a really long like 40 track compilation and bad sisters like super famous song i forget the name of it but it was on there and i was obsessed mm-hmm. Not with it Babylon, maybe? no it was it, it starts with like the doom, 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 doom. Oh. it's like dark mm-hmm. um but yeah i love her let's see well for <clears throat> for smart bar i definitely did a lot of a lot of crate digging and and shopping for it and <clears throat> was really surprised pleasantly surprised by la medisco's newest release he he's so good his his song xoxo was really good i felt there was a lot more like raptor house like influence in his in his recent release and i really really i really fucked with it recently been very obsessed with rack spell it w-r-a-c-k he's japanese okay I've just been so obsessed with it. Again, also dark. Um, And then who else? When it comes to edits, I just love cyber kills right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's no one imagining pop edits like they are. Mm -hmm. Like what he did with Lady Gaga. I played played a Britney edit of his. Yeah, I have a Britney edit of his that just goes so hard. And then I did play some techno. Fauste is so fucking good. I do like some of the darker shit. I, I can't play it for too long because you, you kind of go off the abyss a little bit. Yeah. Um, like lose track of time. <laughs> yeah. You just end up in like a, a K-hole for <laughs> yeah. or something like that. But I really like Fauste. And yeah, those are the three producers right now. Uh, I did go through an abscess phase as well. Okay. And then, like, six months ago, all I could eat, sleep, breathe, fantasize about was corredor. But I'm, I'm kind of off the corredor train. <laughs> the corredor drug. Yeah. I'm, I'm weaning off of it. Okay. I actually tweeted him, and I asked him to make reggaeton. I feel like that would be an interesting... Um, exploration for him to make something between 90 and 98 bpm because he's always in the 180s 160s what do you say he's like bet or something like that all right i'm like we'll see let's hear it let's see, let's see. 
Let's hear it. So those we, are my three. Rack, Fauste, Cyber Kills, and Lama Discos. I just had a random thought about Paul Marmota. Oh, yeah. He actually, he just released his, his well, on streaming, he released Zona Tres. I remember, I we were, we were, we were blah, blah, blah. we were recently discussing like foundational experimental reggaeton producers and we were talking about a few and we forgot about Paul Marmota. Yeah. Very foundational to the genre. He's a he's like a weird creature. He's like a fairy weird He's just a different type of person. He's not very like present in the scene, I feel. He just like makes his music. And... Yeah, I think he just like hangs out and makes music. He lives in Mexico. Um I think he's super foundational to the Neo Perreo for sure because he's also Chilean close friend of Tomas El Real. What I liked about Sona, it it felt like every key player in Neo Perreo was invited mm-hmm. to Sona because when you look at the track list, it's like everyone you could think of that has inspired or has made music in that in that niche. I haven't listened to all of Zona Tres, but I I thought it was super cool that he included Tomas El Real. I think Tech Girl's on there, Sustancia. Okay, Tech Girl. Young Beef. There's also, um, I, th- I don't I think Marcianeque is on there, but there are like other players mm-hmm. like in Mal- from Malianteo that are making songs with him. <clears throat> but my favorite Paul Marmota will always be Fotito. Okay. I think there's it's like a one. close, it's like a slower bop i do like um i think he makes good reggaeton that it ranges from because sometimes reggaeton it's i have found that when i'm teaching reggaeton i tend to stay somewhere between like 94 and like 98 bpm mm-hmm. and it's hard kind of to move up a little bit sometimes palmar mota and um what's what's the other people do you know who i'm talking about when i say bam bam no. Who is that? Oh, anyway, <clears throat> maybe I'm like having a stroke. But Palmar Mota makes really good like 103 to 109 BPM reggaeton. Yeah. Gelman Duran also makes higher Ugh. BPM reggaeton that makes it easier to transition to. Um, Stay, uh, Kelman stays between like 110, yeah. 117. Yeah. It makes, he makes it really easy to transition into higher BPM stuff. I would say Kelman and Paul make great atmospheric mm-hmm. spaceship dembo is so one of the best ones it's so good i love the two kelman songs that i played at club crush i just love when he raises the pitch on on the vocals mm-hmm. it just adds something completely different and it's on simple like i'm something- just raise the pitch but it it's a whole environment that he's making. There's something to be said about why Nightcore is so popular. Yeah. I, have you noticed this trend in, in artists? I think it's just the, the, with social media. Like, we went from using lyrics for Instagram captions, and now we've moved on to a whole new platform, TikTok. So now artists are, one, releasing shorter songs mm-hmm. that can be used in, in TikTok videos, but then also when they're doing their rollouts, they'll release a sped up version, like mm-hmm. a nightcore version, mm-hmm. which is just like super sped up. I think that's interesting. I have also noticed also a slowed down reverbed. Really? As well. Interesting. For their cap cut 
<laughs> fucking transitions. There is something to be said, yeah, about why Nightcore is so popular and why that pitched up voice just like scratches your brain in a new way. I just had a thought right now of how your music is literally played like in El Barrio and then it's played online and it's played in big clubs. Like it's crazy the journey that a song can take. I found on SoundCloud recently somebody took <clears throat> La Mafia del Amor's uh, Pegao in YouTube album with the heart mm-hmm. and they made it they made they remade it all sped up and that like blew my mind I was like the entire album sped up but then of course I don't play that I don't play the songs because they're there's no new element to mm-hmm. it it's just sped up yeah so I get it I get it though I do love I do love some nightcore stuff or nightcore elements of songs maybe not like a whole nightcore set because I'm not really into hard dance um yeah but or like hard style hard style but i do live a good nightcore pitched up edit mm-hmm. on on top of a song that you know you or i might play um it feels playful and sweet which i really like playful and sweet that's definitely how i describe it and you like having those little fruits yeah in your in your sets mm-hmm. what are some other foundational things i think of i think of r.i.p tony who doesn't go by that anymore but he was also very present in the early Neo Perreo days. Well, I think about even when you think about Neo Perreo, that is foundational to experimental reggaeton. But you also think about like DJ Blas, I think also very big in Neo Perreo. My two that come to mind are, well, Safety Trance really yes. brought along a lot of that very recently. I don't know if I would consider Safety Trance foundational, but definitely you know, of, of in in style right now, very much with Arca, uh, the Arcafication of reggaeton. That, Absolutely. That was, that was, you know, that was safety trance. King Dudu, I think, very much foundational to alternative reggaeton. Um, when I think of what is a seminal album or, or a compilation, I'll always go back to Chico Sonido. I absolutely 100% know who you're talking about. I'm sorry, know what album you're going to talk about. And I 100% agree with you. It's, there are so many times where there's an Agua de Rosa show coming up and something from that album comes up, mm-hmm. is relevant, fits. I don't know the name of it, but you know what I'm talking about. I, it's the album cover, the neon, it's like it's strippers. Like, mm-hmm. It's like purple. Purple. Mm-hmm. It's, absolutely foundational i think yeah like bebecita bebelin oh my god it will always fit in any perreo set that you do um one thing that i just reminded of too i thought sotoasa is kind of a really nice we segue. don't talk about sotoasa enough thank you for bringing him up sotoasa is a really nice segue i think not i because i think sotoasa does make non-experimental reggaeton but in mm. some in some I don't ins- know if I agree, but in some instances it does feel experiment. I think he does both well. That's why I say segue. Like you can kind of listen to him in a in a way that feels perhaps more accessible and then as you go deeper into his repertoire, mm-hmm. it does get more experimental and experimental. Especially with his voice. The way they use the voice coders or whatever the case may be. It's the auto tune. Yeah. That's what is experimental about him, is his voice. 
when you hear that reverb and and that specific timbre i think or tone of his voice is you know you're like you're on a spaceship yeah Kiera like, is perfect yeah or the album down music with the spaceship on it mm-hmm. i think of that album um his voice fits on anything i think he makes um really cool like that's how i describe it like extraterrestrial mm-hmm. reggaeton and then he'll also make electronic music or like edm uh, I think of his song with Marcianeke. It's so good. Um, it. And there, there are other electronic songs. But he was in that bag for a while. And I was missing his reggaeton songs, his sound. And the most recent album that he released, dude, there are no skips on there for me. Like every single reggaeton song on there. Every song is so good. He has one with Mala Rodriguez. I miss her. Mm-hmm. It's so good. High School is probably my my top pick on that album. It's just so good, and I was missing it from him. It's called Nintendo 64 mm-hmm. with Princess Peach on it, and she's drinking lean. Mm-hmm. So thank you for bringing him Sotoasa. We don't really talk about him enough. I, de- I mean, I really do. And fe- I, I got to see him in Mexico City. I, I really feel like he's a good way to, he's like a good introduction into more experimental reggaeton because it's still, it's, it's still very much like danceable, um, not too deconstructed, but still deconstructed enough to sound very, very different. Yeah. Than mainstream stuff. I would say that Bad Gal has moved on to more commercial. Oh, More yeah, pop. But sure. when you look at what she's singing about, it's still the similar themes and, and her writing has only gotten better. But Slow Wine Mixtape is another like foundational thing. Yeah. And the producers on there... Um, King Dudu. I mean, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Fiebre. Uh, there is this other producer on there who she used to work with a lot. I forget his name. Uh, starts with an F, I think. But he, they work together a lot. And Spain, you know. I'm, Spain. I'm, on my most recent beloved um, mix, I was I I played. A jungle ton edit of Fiebre, Fiebre that I really love, and also I played this edit of Cute by Rosalia, mm-hmm. and I I proclaimed my love for Rosalia, and after that I played the Bad Gal edit, and I was like, "Is this are the, the girlies are really doing it in Spain? Like, I'm not gonna deny it." La Zoe, La Zoe, also... Miss Nina, Miss well, Nina's a little she, quiet lately. Well, she's lives in Spain, but she's Argentina. Really? Yeah. I thought she was Spaniard this whole time. No, she's wow. from Argentina. She gagged me with that one. Yeah, I think Miss Nina's probably well. When we think of a song right now. I think Chulo is kind of doing the numbers and the social impact that Sicaria has done. I mean, Sicaria has more years under under its belt, but I think when you, if we go, went up to any girly right now. And saying like "soy tu sicaria," they would know mm-hmm. what we're talking about. And I think that Chulo is on the similar trajectory, where like people are like really getting to know her. Bad Gal just received like a really cool honor as like standout 
artist in Spain, like the King Philip or whatever his name is. Like, really? Like the, the Spanish royalty gave her this. And that's crazy to me to think. Like back in 2017 to now. Like she's just like really blown up. For good reason too. I really do love that. Fake Guido. Fake, Fake Guido is the producer's name. Okay. That she used to work with a lot. I, I think the Slow Wine mixtape foundational to a lot of experimental different styles of reggaeton <clears throat> i just thought of another one yeah and i think everything almost any neo perreo song can be traced back to tu sicaria that is that's that's the mom that's the mom i think of neo perreo i mean tomasa is the mom of neo yeah i was gonna say in terms of songs the most popular song the in terms of songs and neo perreo tu sicaria is it yeah i i think of tomasa el real's first album bien y mal Mm mm-hmm that came out March 2016. Barre con el pelo was also very much motherly too. That was 2018. That one did numbers. But when you hear a song like Tamos Ready. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a mother. That's a, that's mother. a Megatron. That's a mother. Nail you perreo. hear that beat. Chico Sonido. Mm-hmm. That beat comes in and you're like, I'm in a. I have to play. I have to play the, the beginning of it. It's just so. I'll play a bit of it. Um. You hear it and you're like, this is not like anything else that I've heard. And you're immediately hooked in. And then the synth comes in, the... Oh, here it comes. Yeah. Bitch, estamos ready. That's motherly. That's Mothertron. That's Mothertron. And you're like immediately in a warehouse somewhere, like fucking crazy. That's one thing I really love about what um, alternative or experimental reggaeton has been able to do is like merge a lot of genres. Like you list, you can tell that these girls and guys are very much inspired by like heavy metal, punk, techno, techno, warehouse type genres. Very underground genres, and they relate that to reggaeton. It's so it's so beautiful to see, like like really great merging of styles. For me and for the neo perreo uh, artists, we are not, we don't have the influence uh, about where we live. It's more the, like an internet era and digital stuff. I love that. I think that's what makes Safety Trance so interesting because of his long history. And the music that he's made in the past, which was all those other genres. If you listen, and he found reggaeton later in life. If you listen to a lot of safety, like trance, Cardo Pusher, yes, um, which I didn't listen to. I of course I've listened to Safety Trance, but in gearing up for the Safety Trance show, I listened to a lot of Cardo Pusher, which was his obviously his original persona, mm-hmm. and it's completely different than what he's doing now. It's very it kind of surprised you. Super deconstructed, super experimental, um, and it completely took me by surprise. But you can still see that warehouse style effect that he puts into his reggaeton. I would like to see 
Arabic uh, style reggaeton. You mean like make a comeback? Well, there was the Punjabi kind of like Hindi era. But that's Hindi reggaeton. Indian. Yeah. I mean Arabic. Yeah. Because I was, I was in like Arabic l- talk. Okay. And there's this girl who shares some of her favorite Arabic songs and she translates the lyrics. And there's just this one song. I had to comment. I'm like, this would make a fire reggaeton beat. So I'm ready for some some Arabian Arabian nights. <laughs> Perreo style. I mean, yeah, there's um there's definitely there was a huge era of um like Punjabi slash Bangra slash Hindi edits. I don't know. Excuse my terminology. I'm probably not the, I don't know, specific, Mm -hmm. you know, genres that can be attributed. But if you listen, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like you listen to like Mirame or Burn It Up. You have a lot of that kind of sound. A lot of Tito Tito Bambi uses a lot of that. that. I wonder if it's in his heritage. Perhaps. Mm. Um, But I know what you're talking about. I listen to a lot of Dabke. Do you know like those TikToks where it's like a like a line of men at a wedding and they're uh-huh. like doing like yeah. a dance and they have the handkerchief mm-hmm. in the hand? I love that music. It's called Dabke. Um again, excuse my pronunciation, but I've downloaded a lot of Dabke in hoping of like kind of merging that mm-hmm. with reggaeton, but I've never really found a way to do so. Um one of my favorite um, things I've really ever done was in my plaything uh, mix. I mixed bangra, which is one of my f- preferred genres, with reggaeton. Um, this song from Ar Rahman, and it was oh, it's just so cool. I just you know, there's something. It's this. It goes back to I think that same thing where it's like you hear Chenchel's voice. It just like scratches yeah. your brain. You hear the nightcore edit. It scratches your brain. The snake comes out. It's that mm-hmm. really like high pitched, very um, hypnotic. Hypnotic. Yeah. Um, sound. And, and it. I just, I love it so much, especially a company with like a really heavy like drum beat. Like, wow, it really does almost trance like very tribal like. So um, I would love to see it. Arabic influence in reggaeton. Yeah, I, I'm ready for it to cross even more borders. You know, we're seeing all, obviously a lot of Latin America making it and the history in Puerto Rico and Mexico and on the East Coast of the U.S. But I want more. Like, I want I want the 15-year-old girl in, in Turkey to make yeah her version of i want some like dude in madagascar to make reggaeton yeah some 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 kids inspired by poor gang or um like young beef but they're in like africa Mm -hmm. or iceland or australia that's what i'm saying (laughs) i'm looking at the map now (laughs) i realize you had a map here but that's what i'm saying is that a true a true appreciator of the genre is not going to be like, oh, fuck this new school shit. I love old school. Like, you think you're cool because you listen to new school? Well, I was there in the old school. Great. You sound old. And you sound yeah. and you sound boring. And I'm not going to take away... Take your blood pressure medicine. Right. I'm not take your t- Loratidin. You're a fucking Geritol, bitch. I'm not going to take away the accolades of the foundation of reggaeton. You can't, right? They have their accolades for a reason. Their success for a reason. 
But if you really love the genre, you're going to love where it's going and you're going to appreciate the evolution of it all. And that's why I, I completely agree with you. I want to see more and more and more. Um, <clears throat> that's why in my DJ bio that I constantly rewrite something that is will probably stay on there forever is I I went from describing myself as a scholar, but I'm nowhere near scholarly. And that, that's when I discovered the perfect way to describe me, I think, is I am an ardent devotee. Mm-hmm. Because it has the the passion and the commitment. Mm-hmm. And those are the two things that separate us, I think, from these people who are judgmental of, of the evolution of reggaeton into more experimental realms. Because we're still passionate about it mm-hmm. and we're here for the long run. We're willing to see and we're wanting to see where it goes. We're interested in, in the evolution of it. That's why... Um, people were confused by RKT and Turreo because it's like, oh, it sounds like reggaeton. It sounds like reggaeton. And it has similar elements and reggaetoneros are like, are singing over it, but it's it's a whole different sub-genre. Yeah. I I think of this one interview. I, I probably have mentioned it before, but this one interview with Tomás de Real and I forget, I think it's on a Spanish radio not radio station Mm -hmm. talk show station and they're interviewing her and she says something along the lines of like what were we gonna do listen to gasolina every single night in the club Uh, try to explain the type of music i make i say i don't know if this is reggaeton but this is perreo it's new it's the new wave of the perreo in the perreo don't mean reggaeton means dance hall dembow trap whatever you can perrear perrear is like the dance very sexy you know right uh, so this is the new wave of people making the new music for clubs uh, because we cannot listen to Gasolina forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they were asking her like, well, where'd you come up with Neo Perreo? And well, I just asking her about the beginnings and she's like, I got tired of listening to the same shit over and over again. And we're not going to take away their success, but how many times realistically can you listen to Paquete Retosen in the club? Yeah. Or your favorite... Um the nori oh oye me canto (laughs) the girls love that song they really do oh my god especially if you if you are playing any kind of puerto rican themed event you want to play like a port like i played this puerto rican art opening at the mca um i also have played um for the puerto rican at the festival Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth that's what you have to play because that's what they want to hear and they love that music especially a lot of like middle-aged puerto ricans who were there from the beginning yeah who were there at the beginning the birth of reggaeton and it's not even that long ago it's one of the youngest genres out there um and they that's what they want to hear that's what they love to hear so you have to have that music on there. Obviously, you have the the classics for a reason. And also, when you're in the club and no one wants to hear experimental stuff, you have something to fall back on. Um, but um, yeah, you have a stuff for a reason. But I I mean, I do get tired of playing Oye Me Canto. Even Paquerretosen, I love the beat. The beat is so iconic. 
Yeah, but I'm. Tired. We were we were talking about like the first few seconds of our uh, when we were comparing the our top two uh, remixes last episode, and we we're discussing like what is more iconic, the slow um, beginning of No Me Conoce remix versus the single piano key in Te Bote, mm-hmm. and I think of uh, Pa Que Retosen has. Some, a similar like dun, dun. but I argue that I think Don Omar's uh, is it a violin the uh, dale mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. I think that might be dun, more iconic dun, yeah yeah or the dun. there's another one where it's just like dun, mm-hmm. dun. yeah I also think to um, the Evie Queen dun, 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 oh dun, that's dun. very iconic I wonder if they were all produced by Looney Tunes. Maybe. Perhaps. Um, There's that photo that you sent me where you're like, <laughs> Tito looks like he was just happy to be involved in this photo. <laughs> he was happy to be invited to the kickback at the studio. <laughs> With who else was in the He's photo? Like, I'm just happy to be here, guys. <laughs> it was it was Looney Tunes and... Daddy was, was in there. I think Wisin and Del were both in there. Yeah. Hector and Father was in there. Um, and then he's just smiling in the back like cheese on his tippy toes trying to like look over someone's shoulder he's like cheese i'm here yeah like oh he just he said i'm happy to be here guys thanks for having me you know he brought something you know to like share with everyone he brought a bottle he brought a bottle some snacks maybe yeah like like, lace potato chips yeah for the smoke sesh he brought some he brought some blunts (laughs) (laughs) so good but yeah um, I know that you've talked a lot about um, Conjunto Primitivo and what they do mm-hmm. for experimental reggaeton. Do you want to talk more about them? That sounds way more tribal. I actually just saw one of their sets recently at a gig that I played. Um, and that, I mean, again, they self-describe, you know, what they do. I think they self-describe as like punk reggaeton. I find a lot of elements of tribal, and I love tribal music. I think that you listen to a lot of Waracha. I love tribal Waracha. Mm-hmm. Um, or just like Tribal in general. When I listen to a lot of um, DJ Baba, I think a lot about Tribal. It sounds like Raptor House, I feel like, reminds me a lot of Tribal. Um, but Conjunto Primitivo was nice because they do have an element, their, their album, I forget what it's called, um, but they do, and they're from here, from Chicago. Um, they do have an element of like punk. It's very, very like distorted. Um, but Anna's vocals are very, it sounds chant, chanting. I can see that. Do you know? Yeah. Like, um, and very like, there's almost like, I really like her voice. There's like a little bit of like pain in her voice. Mm-hmm. I think that she, um, brings forth well into her vocals that's Conjunto Primitivo is doing something really special and it's like live reggaeton mm. like they like he produces it live on the they're mixer on stage and she is singing it you know live not that I mean like in that sense it does feel like a little different I guess um but yeah they're yeah, I, cool. I like what they do they recently played a show and it was it was really very very nice it, it feels almost like it feels as big as almost like a whole band is playing a wow. reggaeton beat. But really, it's just... It's just two, two, besties, two besties. Two besties. Two besties slaying it. That's cool. I think of 
Divino Niño, Colombian and from Chicago. Oh, yeah. They had uh, Tu Tonto, mm-hmm. that reggaeton song. And I remember Camilo telling me how he's just like super influenced by like alternative reggaeton. And check out the video for Tu Tonto. I make a small appearance. <laughs> I recently was um, on TikTok and I saw these one, this one TikTok about these girls and they were obsessed with this mashup of Deftones. And that edit is and old. I know the exact TikTok you're talking about. And I was like, the Deftones reggaeton edit took over social media for a while. I was like, if you guys know about, if you guys like this, you guys need to delve into the world of experimental alternative reggaeton. There is a whole other genre out there of stuff you can find just like this. It's like those other TikToks of these kids who, I mean, God bless them. They probably live in cities or towns where they're not playing that, but they'll put uh, like Sick Sex or um, another uh, like alternative reggaeton girl and be like, these are the songs that I want to hear at the club, but we will never hear at the club. And then I'm like commenting like, well, if you live in Chicago, you can come to Agua de Rosas and you'll hear it. Um, There's also this playlist that I'll share later, but there is a whole playlist called Lesbian Nel Perreo. Really? Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that, but go first and then I'll tell you why. Um, there is this one girl I'm trying to find on Instagram, but it's like Chester. I think it's Chester and it's like a playoff of like the Chester Cheetah. But she's so good. And I really like her style of alt reggaeton. Do you know this one reggaeton artist's name is like Sarah Hebe? Sarah Hebe. We were just ta- I was just talking about her with Gabby. Yeah, she's cool. Paraguayan. Um, she has a song with I can't find her, but she has a song with Misil that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny you mentioned lesbian uh, <laughs> playlist lesbian no perro. Yesterday, for some reason, I don't know what it was. <clears throat> oh, Rosa and I were listening to a podcast called Celebrity Book Club, and they basically read celebrity memoirs and then they talk mm. about them. I've heard of this, and it's really really good. And they were reading. Who was it? Fuck. Melissa Etheridge, one of the most famous lesbians of all time. And that got me thinking into like lesbian. I was like, oh, I want to listen to some like lendy, lesbian indie rock. Uh-huh. So I was thinking about like Melissa Etheridge and I thought about Katie Lang. Um, these are like lesbian mommies in the <laughs> lesbian world. Um, and I looked up this one playlist. It was called 90s Lesbian Rock. And I was listening to it, and it really did feel like, I was like, wow, they really nailed this place. It was like Indigo Girls. It was Melissa Etheridge. There was some Katie Lang on there. There was Tracy Chapman. And there was um, there was a, another big one there that I listened to. Oh, Alanis Morissette, even though she was, she's not, she's not gay. But she was for the, for the gays. She was. She was definitely for the dykes. Um, Ani DeFranco. And then there was another one that I'm like totally forgetting. I, I but that, I was in my indie rock era yeah. yesterday. Uh, today I'm like really in my shoegaze uh, era. Mm. Um, but you just reminded me when I was in high school, I think my first exposure, one of my first exposures to like lesbianism in music was Tegan and Sarah. Oh my, see, and you know what? As someone who came to the conclusion about their sexuality very early in age um 
I was never a Tegan and Sarah fan. Really? Never, never. And as to this day, I'm so sorry. You, you can take away my lesbian card. Like back in your head was such a moment. Da, 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 da. I just want back in your head. And then I realized like, oh, they're singing about girls. And I'm like on my iPod, like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I on, was, on the orange line going downtown I, I just I just I never really really got into it unfortunately um but yeah there there as a matter of fact I was listening I was watching the L word yesterday for like the third time I've ever seen that series what an iconic show have you seen the L word no. honestly you should just watch it for the drama I think also having I say that you should watch sex in the city Girl, stop trying to make Sex in the City happen for Why? me in my life. Okay, listen. What we need to do, what we need to do is during the winter time, have like a time where we just like hang out and binge watch like a new series together, so we can talk about it. Because it's like yeah, it's like, it's like our book club. It's our watch club. Our watch club, like Trixie and Katya. Yes. I like to watch. Yes, I think that'd be really cute. I think that Sex in the City. It's just so iconic, just so you can understand the references, and also. I love the L word because you have a lesbian bestie. and Yeah, I, I would watch the L word first over Sex in the City. The drama is interesting. And I think also you might find it interesting how a lesbian like perceives relationships and the stereotypes <laughs> that the stereotypes that are so present in the show. That is it a Showtime show? Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the, like the stereotypes that I that are present in the show and that I kind of like live and see every single day. I remember growing up though and having like direct TV and um, I, I always noticed how for, for a long time, like HBO, like the home box office, like it had like it's R rated stuff. But then I felt like Showtime was like, mm, we're going to get grittier. And yeah. like they release a lot of interesting programming that was like way over my head, but it was critically acclaimed. Did you ever watch that HBO series? I think it's called Real Sex. Yeah. Or is that the one where like there's like a cab driver? Yeah. And well, he'll pick up prostitutes. Taxi Cab Confessions. Tax, yeah. Taxi Cab Confessions was crazy. This was like late night HBO stuff. Yeah. Like, it's the kind of stuff that you would have on your thing and you would have like a different channel on the last period. Mm-hmm. So that if someone walks in, you, you're like watching SpongeBob yeah. or something. Yeah. Like my, yeah. I would totally do that with HBO. Um, I remember watching a lot of Real Sex and <clears throat> Taxi Cab Confessions. And there was this other show and it was about the bunny ranch in Nevada. And it was like this show. The house bunnies? Like the Playboy bunnies? No, 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 no. Oh. no. That was on E! Network. Oh, okay. That... I know what you're talking about. But this was like this was like a, a, a place where hookers lived, like working girls lived. You know. In Nevada where prostitution is legal. You know, that just reminded me of, um, you, what's the most famous uh, Playboy bunny? She uh, recently wrote a book, like she wrote a memoir Holly about Holly Madison? Yeah, so Holly Madison was on a podcast and she was describing like something she wrote about in her book. They should cover her book in that podcast, Celebrity Book Club, but she was saying how like he would be in his bedroom, in the master bedroom or whatever, and there was like a queue outside the bedroom. So like a girl would go in and like service him, you know what I mean? And it's like, all right, your turn. Like, all right, it's your turn. Oh, Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. At his old age, damn. I know. And I he, so, she I exposed. Really... She exposed a lot yeah. of abuse and and a lot of fucked up things that happened there. But 
Very interesting enough, too, the the show highlighted those three girls. There was Kendra. There I remember was, Kendra. There was Holly, and then there was the other girl, who I forget. She was, like, the really sweet one. She was talking about how he, they weren't allowed to wear red lipstick because he wanted he wanted all the girls to look a certain way, hmm. uh, reminiscent to, like, a 1950s, girl. 1960s girl. He loved blonde. But that he would allow the new girl to wear red lipstick because she was the new she was the new bunny. Holly was the one that was actually Hugh Hefner's actual girlfriend yeah. for a while. And it's so interesting. She recently came out. Um, not not she came out, but she revealed that she's autistic. Mm. And I think that she's like, or someone said that explains a lot of the kind of reactions that she had on the show. I think where <laughs> it was like, huh? You know? It's like, oh, she's autistic. She wasn't being a dumb blonde. Like, no. She, was, she just had a disability. Yeah. Um, she wasn't like being like a bimbo or she wasn't being like a bitch. I think she was just autistic. I just think like, I just had a thought like, wow, sex is great. Oh, but, okay. But <laughs> sex is great. But have you ever heard Plan B, Chencho Corleone? Like, <laughs> fanatica sensual? Yeah. That kind of hits the same way. As an orgasm? Perhaps. 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 I can, I can see that. I um sex for your ears for sure. Yeah. There is definitely um definitely somebody I get those songs. I'm like, wow, this is, feels very sexual I in just, my brain. Uh, another thought I had about alternative uh reggaeton, um it just feels like all the all the young emo kids who are descendants of the RAR era oh, yeah. are now old enough and are making their own. Reggaeton, I think of like, um, what's her name? Who has the Elfe and um, Pokemon Queroseno? You know what I'm talking about? Perreo Palos Elfe, Perreo Palos. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like I do, but not necessarily. Um, Holy Rare. Oh, okay. Holy the, Rare. The criatura. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Son unas criaturas. Like, I feel like they they all have those, the little plushy. The, rar. the plushies and the rar, you know, they got the scene. It's like these scene kids, these third generation the X, scene the kids. The XD kids. Yes, the yeah. Disney XD kids um, are making reggaeton, and I fuck with it. Like, I got you a cookie, but I eat it or something like that? I don't even know. It's like the kids who put, like, the... the <laughs> rar means I love you and dinosaur. Yeah. No, you know the little emoticons we used to make where it was the two dots, and then instead of a smiley face, it was the bracket? Yeah. That exact that yes. that mood. Yes. Or the three. Yes. Interchanging between those two. Yes. I think about the XD because they're laughing out loud. Oh, the XD's big. Like <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. That one's like <laughs> Or with the P. The P was cute. Yeah. I still use the the, the, the You do out. use the but you use lowercase. Yeah. There's a difference between the the, the the three is more like I'm being a little like cute, flirty, mm-hmm. like like coy. Like a little smile, like he want to skip class <laughs> and then the the bracket one is like i'm drinking a monster and my nails are black yes yes yeah yes. i know exactly what you're talking i'm about. down for those kids to to yeah. be the new era of no perreo i missed the scene era things were so much simpler back then i feel i look back on at least when i think about also seeing 
that was, I feel like it was like in my life, when I think about scene, scene was right before the Tumblr era. So I think when I first started coming of age, that was like when scene was really big and like emo. I remember being like 10, 11, 12, around the emo era. You were probably older than that. Because I remember in. Because I was like 15, 16 being emo. So I, you were, yeah. 13. I remember, okay, I remember, okay, yeah, so I remember having, an, I remember having a MySpace in, like, mm-hmm. eighth grade, and that one scene, that's when scene was big. So I was, like, 13, 12, mm-hmm. 13, um, <clears throat> and then I remember, yeah, 13, and then I remember going to high school, scene was kind of, like, tapering off, I would say, and then the big Tumblr indie era. Feathers, fedoras. Yeah, there was, like, hipster mm. And then you had the Tumblr era, which was huge, foundational to me. On my Tumblr, at least, there was a lot of scene content. Really? Yeah. A lot of Flickr photo sets. I feel like on mine, it was much more indie. When I think of Tumblr, I think of like, I think of Lady Gaga a lot. Um, But I also think of a lot of like indie stuff and like poetry. I think of um lana del rey lana the the flower crowns um (laughs) different stuff like that that just feels so american apparel super reminiscent and the american apparel type style of photography huge on tumblr um i remember having a blog spot ah i remember that uh do you remember do you remember twit pick no it was like where you would go to like download and upload photos to twitter i used photo bucket uh i i logged into my photo bucket recently but there was nothing good i don't remember there are no images of me like in high school oh, and prior there's probably just so sad I there are none uh i just remember like yeah i like doing that like like paramore reggaeton or like when someone like my chemical romance reggaeton edit um Shit like that. Like, when you're bringing in, like, emo, pop, punk into your reggaeton. I think that's cool, too. I remember going to a, a joint Panic! at the Disco Fall Out Boy concert <gasps> when I was younger. Oh, my God. And I Jealous. remember shaving my legs beforehand. Why? I was wearing long jeans. I think I thought in my head, I'm like, well, what if something happens? What if happens? I meet a boy? Or I w- a girl? I had not even lost my virginity yet i had not at that point really done anything sexual with anybody i don't think i even had my first kiss. oh no i had my first kiss in eighth grade but i'm like what's gonna happen i remember shaving shaving (laughs) legs why you were like i gotta be freshly shaving for my sins for whatever happens not tragedies or whatever the song if you stay ready you ain't gotta get ready amen amen That's what I was. That's what I said to myself this morning when I thought I was getting my Brazilian, <laughs> and then it got rescheduled. You gotta get the. You gotta get your shit bald just in case. My pussy's so bald. <laughs> we should take a break. Okay, let's take a break. Let's take a break and we'll come back. Potty. I had a snack. I had a snack. 
yeah hydrated ourselves we're ready to tell you that you should tune into our press play playlist yes we added like over 80 songs i i want to add more you definitely took the cake on that but i don't you'll see mine are not <laughs> very reggaeton tuned it's just what we've been yeah it's what we've been listening to so we're gonna end on our repeat yeah i personally hyper fixate on a new song every monday okay what is it this just every monday to to it's not my press play pick but it's called narcotics by davy okay it just expresses (laughs) (laughs) it just speaks to me it expresses what i'm trying to manifest in my life, which is to have sex with Davy, my crush. Well, also Davy, oh. he's so hot. Anyway, so we're gonna end the episode with two segments. Press play. Okay, so my press play is the song called "Gremling Slash Triste" off of Young Beef's newest release. It came out on Friday. Bajo Bajo Mundo. As an EP, I feel like it left a little bit for me, like it left a little bit to be desired. Like I had higher expectations for it because it was supposed to be um, like new reggaeton for him. And I feel like, yeah, the concept wasn't really, I don't know. It doesn't feel cohesive. There's some really good songs on there, but it's like a mambo, a dembo, a few reggaeton songs and randomly a waracha at the end. Okay. So maybe I just don't fully like understand it yet. He's in his un verano sin ti. <laughs> yeah, he he's kind of just like I, I'm sure he he records so many songs and he has so many songs in the vault and these were just like his top picks to go in bajo bajo mundo. But the gremlin slash triste is my favorite because when I think of Young Beef, I think of how Rosalia describes him. And she says he's just so pure, like puro. And I and I see that in his lyrics, in his music, in his work ethic. He just feels like one of those artists from like a time before, like a poet. I, I think of him as like a prophet. It helps that he has that beautiful he's raspy voice. So too. pure. Ugh. A diamond. He's a diamond in the rough. I'm going to listen to So it. listen to that song. It's the first one on the playlist. That's my pick. I, you'll see my my first pick on the playlist. Also an album I didn't like at all, actually. But this song, wow. Agora Hills by Doja Cat. I have I, to listen I to it. I cannot stop listening to it. It is like fucking crack to my ears. Is it, what what genre is it? Is it hip hop? It's very, it's, it's, it's hip hop. But it has an R&B style type beat. It's like very soft. Um, the chorus is sing-songy um, and melodic. And she has this really cool like valley girl rap accent that she's using on the on the track. And it just sounds so good. She's very playful. Too. You'll have, she has like little um, talking points on the track where it's mm. like, it's obviously supposed to be for like comedic effect. But that and then you watch the music video and it's just like, wow this is for the girls this is for the girls this is for the girls if anyone has <laughs> was it for i think it's for the girls <laughs> it's just so good i i can't still listen to that song um my second uh if it, just because i didn't like the album at all any of the other songs 
Um, listen to Ghetto Club by Bad Sister. I put on two oh, songs yeah. by there. I freaking love that album. It's so good. Awesome. Um, okay, so now that we've pressed play. Now it's time for Fairy's Power. I have a whole new personality. Oh, okay. I'd like you to know. What movie did you just watch? And it's actually my new hat. Oh. My <laughs> my pink rhinestone blinged out hat. It's giving it's giving bling ring. It's giving trashy American girl with like a McDonald's cup. Yeah. It's giving trucker vibe. It's giving street like, style. Dump him Britney Spears yes. era. Yes, it's giving that. It's giving like cigarettes at the theater. It's I'm in my like Mixie and Munchie era. You know who I'm talking about? Your On hair TikTok. Era. My hair extensions, clip my clip in hair extensions, the blingy hat, and the bad bitch attitude. Yeah. It's my new personality. No one can touch you. You know, I didn't ask to be this cunty, but then I opened the package and I, I saw the hat and I accepted my fate to be cunty. Some people are born into cuntiness. Some people ascend to cuntiness and some people have cuntiness thrust upon them. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was thrust upon me, but also I was born with it a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. giving Maybelline. Ooh. And, Tell and there's not really much to say. Just look at my last Instagram post. Yeah. Go because... Like like and subscribe. The, the titties were tittying. Like and subscribe for titty content. Yeah. Fashion. It's given fashion exclamation point Lady Gaga. Ooh. Yeah. Are yeah. We, she's in her art pop era. Yeah. Period. Um, <clears throat> mine's definitely. Oh, sorry. It's also giving blingy. Yeah. Like the little mo- bling ring. No, like oh, blingy. The blingy. The glitter. Yeah. The glitter, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My Betty's Power today brought to you by the beauty and power of teamwork. I was recently sharing with Karen. I'm sorry to, to really bring it down to an emotional level. Oh, guys. here we go. But, oh, brother. <laughs> oh, brother. This guy stinks. Yeah. Well, you know, not not to like, you know, do that. But I will just say I recently had a moment where I realized I don't have to carry the burden of everything on my shoulders all the time. Like, who would have thought? I think it is a symptom of my only child syndrome and also just being Ah. a generally independent person. You know, when working with a team, guess what? You actually can rely on your teammates. Who would have thought? You can. (laughs) Because I am currently planning um, sneak sneak peek preview here only on Radio Berris. There will be another Eden and it is a collab with Chicago's other infamous lesbian party, Strapped. And we will be bringing an extremely beautiful, special, sexy guest from Miami. Um, and it's going to be October 28th. Um, and I'm working with a team. And I sometimes get nervous working with a team because I don't know if I necessarily know how to. Because I feel like I shoulder a lot of the burden or a lot mm-hmm. of the work. And guess what? You can rely on on team members and you can trust people and that's okay. And I recently um, found the beauty of girlhood, teamwork. Love that. It's for the girls. This episode today is sponsored by the girls. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by the girls. For the girls. By the girls, for the girls. Use discount code the girls (laughs) at checkout for 20% off. (laughs) Truly. Um, Also brought to you by my 
almost 30 du- day Duolingo streak. Mm. Also give me Tell Gabby's em. power. Tell them. Eu falo português. Mm-hmm. Eu sou uma mulher. Mm-hmm. Eu cocino. <laughs> well, uh, and, you, and you drink milk. Yeah. Eu bebo leite. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, okay. Obrigada. Mm-hmm. Obrigada. Bueno, muchas gracias por escuchar Radio Perris. Y buena noche. Advice for the week ahead. Um, people really gonna talk shit regardless, so mm. might as well do you all the way. Mine's gonna be, uh, hopefully, you know this reference. <laughs> Boo, bitch! What you staring at? <laughs> what you staring at? Boo, bitch! What the fuck is you staring at me for? What is you staring at me for? What are you staring at me for? What? Bitch! Damn! What do you want to do? No, you said so much right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always remember, girls, everything, this too, first of all, one, this too shall pass. So write that down. Oh, amen, sister. That one actually cut deep a little bit. This too shall pass. No, it really will. All the things that um, we think are so terrible right now, we're all going to be laughing at, hee-heeing, and ha-haing at in the future, you know? This too shall pass. And to boo, bitch, what are you staring at? Yeah. You going to... You're going to do jump, something? Jump! Jump! Literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, unsolicited, take a scooter ride. Take yeah. a lime scooter for a ride before the summer ends. Well, before the weather gets go, bad. How about this? Go, go outside. Go outside, girls. Boo, there's, bitch. There's a whole go world outside. Out there. A whole new world. You feeling froggy? Jump. <laughs> I actually, I love that. Cro- <laughs> jump or croak. Right. Should we log off? <sighs> I need a moment alone. I think we should log off. See you next time. Bye. Adiós, Perris.